Welcome to the Sparrow Hangout, where we talk all things spearfishing, freediving, and foraging. We're three guys from Devon in the UK who are excited to share some of the learnings from our spearfishing journey with you over the coming episodes. We bring in some special guests along the way to help spread some in-depth spear knowledge from some of the most experienced people in the scene. Hi lads, how you doing? Yo, how's it going? Hello, I'm dying. Oh, you're really struggling, mate. Yeah, my uh, yeah last four days I've had tons of likes, which has been fun. So it's all that, it's all that smoking, man. I wish I'm really well. Apart from apart from tonight during the podcast, while standing around trying not to cry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't smoked all week. Oh. But uh, no, it's um. Yeah, so apologies for my voice in advance if my voice sounds like shit. <laughs> Have you um, you been diving much, either of you, this week? The weather doesn't run much, much, does it? Uh, yeah, I went in for a quick one, just had a mullet, not much else. Okay. Um, yeah, so not much else. I'm going, I'm going tomorrow with uh, our mate Lawrence, going to go do, get some scallops. Oh, right. Nice. Where's my invite? I thought you were coming. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no invites for us, it, I don't know what happened to our little you know the wolf pack or whatever we've got going on here <laughs> nah, R- R- Rich is a professional spearfisher now so we just he doesn't want to come know. on our sky trip he oh, don't get invited to go. things I, uh, there's, there's, there's something going on here deletes all my notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mate, i don't know what's going on anyway um sorry about that there's obviously a miscommunication oh, yeah yeah check my diary yeah no we had a bit of a boat dive the other day as well didn't we we took out davo's boat and my boat yeah that was really nice nice to go in your boat for the first time i really enjoyed yeah that was cool man it would have been yeah, good just... to go out a bit longer but it was good yeah, it was no, just a different boat as well, off. didn't you? You didn't want to come on the same boat. There, there is a pattern happening. Here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm just trying to not put all my uh, mojo onto you guys because you're doing Did so well. Did a podcast well, episode by himself as well. Do, do you even want us here? Oh, mate, don't turn that around on me. That was you, boys. <laughs> yeah, We're just going to change the podcast name to Richard and Richard's Talking. <laughs> Richard's yeah. interviews. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we went on Dave Osiski with him actually. That was really cool. Yeah, how did you get nice on? Boats. Yeah, nice boats, man. Um, I didn't shoot any fish. I was just looking for two brown crabs. So I still need yeah. the comp, but yeah. yeah what so boat I'd... do you prefer, rib or oh. hard sided? And I'm not saying between my uh, waves, but probably the rib. It was a bit easier to get in. Yeah, just it's more comfy, isn't it? I actually like. I, I sat on the side of his boat. I took my fins off, put them in. And then, because the, it's quite a bit of chop on there, and then I, I fell it back in the water. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't have my fins on, and David was like, oh, you're going to struggle now because you haven't got your fins on. Oh, so, no. So I tried pulling myself up like three times. I just couldn't do it without the fins. And... Um, in the end, I had to get Davo, which is like sixty-seven-year-old man, to help me in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> God! <laughs> oh yeah, no, I think I, I got, well, I got five okay size, you know, normal size Pollock um, yeah. on that, and we were only in for like two hours. Yeah. Um, and Ben, you got cuttle, big cuttle. Yeah, loved, really lovely big big cuttlefish. I saw saw plenty of little Pollock, but after being in the sky awesome. the week before. I, Felt like my freezer was probably full enough, but um, I thought, I thought you'd be on the lookout. I thought you'd be on the lookout for lobsters, man. Yeah, well, I, I did have a, a little bit of a look. I didn't didn't find any. I, I don't know if 
not got my eye in this year, but I was dead happy with the cuttlefish. And um, yeah. I think, like, as with anything, the the more you like talking about cooking, the the, the more you do it, the more, the more cuttlefish you cook, the better you get it. And the, yeah. this latest one was, yeah, it's pretty special. It's all about short and sweet. You know, yeah, yeah, cook yeah. it really, really quickly. Little dusting of flour, little, you know, tiny, tiny amount of um, beer batter, I guess. Like really nice. thin beer batter, and it was oh, last one. Absolutely. What, delicious. What, what's this note about Ben's last soul? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I caught last soul for the competition as well this week. So pretty, nice. Um, pretty chuffed with that, but not only oh. my favourite fish. They also worth seven points. So I was mm. going to say that that puts you up near David, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what the actual thing is. I'm, I'm fifth on the list now. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to last, I, and I don't know when the competition ends yet. Does anybody know? Still have an early announcement. Right. No, that I know of, I think, is still October thirty first. Whether they're going to okay. extend it by a month, I don't know. But you, you, I'm I'm the weather improves soon. Yeah, I'm coming for you, mate. <laughs> How far behind? <laughs> Uh, not not that far behind, but I'm trying to find those two brown crabs because yeah. uh, they'll they'll get me close to you. So. Cool. I did, I did find a big lobster when we went out on the boats the other day, and yeah. um, I got a nice cut on my hand trying to wrestle him out of the hole. But uh, no. yeah, he won that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's all good fun, eh? But yeah, not much else this week. But I'm looking forward to hearing about what you boys got up to on the Isle of Skye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got Arian coming on in a second, um, and yeah, looking forward to talking about that. <laughs> Four days that we had up there, five days up there. Um, nice. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I, I want to hear why you got your new nickname. Oh, <laughs> Eeyore. Eeyore. <laughs> I still don't understand, but we'll figure it out in a minute. Let's, um, I'll give Arian a ring. We'll get him in. All right, Arian. Great to see you. How are you doing? Good to see you, Ben. How's it? How are you keeping? Yeah, really good. It's, um, hey, Arian. All right, Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> I like his new nickname. How's it going, Aaron? You're right. Yeah, no, it's going good. It's a, I'm glad you didn't make it, mate. Oh yeah. no, man, it looked awesome, dude. I'll have to catch you on the next one. But you definitely look like you smashed a good fish whilst you're uh, you're missing out anyway. <laughs> yeah, still still a few fish, man. It's all good. I had a consolation prize, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, you did well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like a, a long time ago since Sky. Yeah, but you and me both. The weather <laughs> here is now atrocious, and it's uh, certainly like. Uh, Justin Forty, and there'd be no trip around regardless of what happens. Really, I guess we were really lucky with that weather window. We had like a couple of days; it timed it perfectly, didn't we? And it all went to shit after that, unfortunately. But uh, that's uh, winter time there. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I, I guess it happens. Um, Aaron, just for the listeners, I wonder if you give yourself a, a little bit of an introduction: where you're from, what you do, how you got to spearfishing, that kind of stuff. Okay, so I'm from a wee village just outside of Inverness. Uh, that's where I'm initially from, and. Uh, I spent uh, a good, good amount of time down in Devon, actually, in the Royal Navy. I was in the Royal Navy for four and a half years. And then after I left that, I uh, uh, joined the police force and worked in Port William. And now I've, uh, with the job, I've ended up in uh, Sky, in the northwest of Sky. And uh, there's uh, plenty of good spearfishing here. So, yeah, I'm making yeah. the most of it. Great stuff. Yeah. And, and, and it was really good. Obviously, uh, me and Anthony came up to see you. What was it two two weeks ago, something like that, Anthony? Uh, yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. as you said a second ago it feels like ages ago yeah yeah plenty of sleep since then yeah. <laughs> no, it, was, it was great to, to go spearfishing in your backyard and back, back lard, backyard um thanks for inviting us up and showing us the sites 
Uh, it was really cool. Before we get into what we did in the the trip up to the Sky, I thought it would be quite cool just to get a little bit more information from you about some other things that you've done out, outside of that, because I'm not sure the listeners want to hear about the Sky um, all night. So <sighs> For the whole podcast, yeah. Richard's going to love it. He's been telling us how much he's just been looking forward to spending, you know, an hour and a half talking about Sky Trip. That you didn't go on. I, I am looking forward to it, mate, because I didn't hear nothing from you, boys. So uh, I want to hear the cost. Yeah, yeah that's how much fun we're having. Yeah. yeah so, um, kind of, uh, I'll start with when I started spearfishing. So I started spearfishing in the, the northwest of France, uh, maybe probably eight years ago now. Um, I've always been into my fishing. I've been into my fishing since about the age of six. So always been a line fisherman. And uh, when I was in the northwest of France, that's where my tech partners both used to stay. Used to do quite a lot of dark fishing in that. And um, cool. her, her fella said, uh, he was, um, her old man said, oh, go to like, Decathlon there and go and buy a spear gun, basically. That's for me and uh, her younger brother. So we went and bought these cheap, nasty 60 centimeter guns, very rails and surfing wetsuit. And uh, I think there were three mil surfing wetsuits. We had five mil gloves, I remember. Hands were warm, but everything else was freezing. <laughs> and um, yeah, basically um, harassed a few mullet in the shallows. But uh, that seems like a long, long time ago now. But uh, I mean, we were frozen to the bone in three mil surfing wetsuits. Yeah. Did you yeah. catch much? Was it fairly yeah. successful at first? It was uh, It was pretty much uh, rast, the odd spider crabs. And um, I think we got a few mullet. Uh, first bit, that was the first fish I ever speared with a mullet. Yeah, but I remember putting in a perfect stone shot on the way back at the end of a long dive. I've been out there for a couple of hours and swimming into shore, and I couldn't have been more than 20, 20 meters from getting out and put a perfect <laughs> stone shot into this mullet. It was kind of like disbelief because I was just about a blank at that point, and then came back with this mullet, proudest punch to put on the barbecue. Brilliant! It's often the way, nice. isn't it? Big big trip out, catch nothing all day, and then twenty meters from the shore. Anthony, you're always doing that. <laughs> <laughs> blanking <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, always, you always bring out something in the last 20 minutes <laughs> that, that's well, true actually he does catch them all the last at the very end of the dive doesn't he i'll say they're all, they're all following around they can they can smell me yeah exactly because i haven't got a percent so it's just that smell that they follow around at the end and then they go oh, oh, and Delicious. i see them again. monster we that's it and so, so from obviously from lining, how how did you hear about spearfishing? Can you remember how you sort of got into it? Did you see somebody doing yeah. it? Did you know? No, how it, you it, into it? it was literally um, when uh, my ex-partner's uh, old man said, uh, "Go and get into spearfishing." So we'd done that for a bit, uh, and then I never really thought to bring it back to the UK until I got my posting to Sky. About uh, I mean, for four years now. And uh, I said to myself, I was like, I was getting a lot of very big pollock at that point of run lane. Uh, we were certainly smashing a decent number in the 10 pound mm-hmm. mark. And uh, it was almost getting a wee bit easy. Um, like, <laughs> at certain places, it was it was too easy to catch like lots of big fish. And I just wanted to put more of a challenge to it. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to treat myself to a wetsuit. And uh, so I got myself a pressy wetsuit, 7 mil, and uh, some plastic fins, and uh, uh, Rob Allen uh, uh, snapper. Uh, gun at 80 centimetre, 80 centimetre, one of those, and that was me away. And I was addicted from the way I go. <laughs> Fantastic. Nice. And do you dive with many people up towards Sky? I think you you spearfished with Josh a few times from Souls Untapped. Yeah, so uh, I've got, now I have quite a lot of people that come over. When I first started, it was pretty desperate because I didn't, didn't really know how to find buddies. And yeah, uh, I wasn't really on any social media at that point, so I didn't really know the areas to go and reach out for buddies. So I ended up uh, kind of, grabbing a few friends from the area and basically saying, you're going in a wetsuit. And 
thankfully they, they took it like a duck to water and i mean one of the boys i had out the first time i took him out he was gallop diving uh, eight meters of water no no harm in dead during seven degrees water nice. uh, so if you can do that in those conditions you can dive yeah. in anything and now six months later he's smashing uh, probably like 16 70 meter dives and he's shooting pollock over five pounds at good depths and good bottom down so yeah, oh, no, it's nice. but i've had to kind of create my own buddies for my local buddies there's quite a few people now that will come to the island to go diving with me which is also good like from the scottish beer fishing club so uh, oh, never short buddies and, and that then progressed well obviously to more recently you did the um the freshwater competition over in finland didn't you this year yeah so i uh, i ended up really last minute.com i got a message uh, from one of the people in the scottish beer fishing club saying a uh, boy dropped out and basically looking for someone to fill his space uh, ASAP and uh, end up managing to get the time off work and uh, I went to Finland and that was, uh, it, it was so last minute and it just happened that the, the dates crossed over when I was in Shetland to go spearfishing for a week so I had to cut my trip short with Josh one day short and then go straight to Shetland so it was tragic so I had like 16 days 14 of which were like diving. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's it like? like? Oh, it, 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 was, it was awesome, but I definitely yeah. would have uh, O'Shannon uh, a lot of time back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, all miss us a lot of time back. <laughs> That's for sure. How long were you out there? Would you say four, 14 days? So I was out in, in Shetland before that, so I spent uh, five and a half days in Shetland, Josh, right. and then got back. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, getting to Shetland is an absolute epic. Uh, there's two options, very expensive flights, which you probably would be expensive before you had the extra luggage for sports tubes and that or you can get a 12-hour ferry so Christ. that's a 12-hour ferry and then got to josh's and then we ended up having to get two more ferries to get to where we were going wow cool yeah. and so i take it you then had to do the 12-hour ferry back to then get onto a flight somewhere up there to then go to finland yep so i got to back to aberdeen in the morning and then go straight to edinburgh airport to go and uh, get another uh, get, get a flight to finland and then uh, met up with the uh, Scott and Fina, uh, and then the following day we met up with Daniel, uh, and then uh, uh, that was us took a train up north to the uh, northeast of uh, Finland to go to Lake, uh, Lake Perversi. Nice. And and how was the competition? How did it go? So it was my, my first time ever diving freshwater. I've never dived it. Obviously, it's illegal in this country to dive freshwater, but uh, uh, the buoyancy was one thing. So you notice that the, you need a lot less light to kind of hunt in. So I was. Uh, using a, a lot less. I didn't, for the most part, I didn't use my weight vest. I just dropped, dropped the weight vest and I was uh, kind of five kilos on my belt with enough for what I was doing, um, unless we were going really shallow, which basically didn't need any light because you were mm-hmm. swinging about two foot. Mm-hmm. But the, the water temperature too, it was, I'm used to wearing a seven and a half mil top and uh, seven mil bottoms and I basically wear that all year round now, um, my go-to. But uh, there it was um, uh, five mil bottoms and uh, five and a half mil top. So what, what was the water temperature? The water temperature was it was flicking between twenty to twenty one, but the really water really temperature. Warm, water temperature. Christ in Finland, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought it was the complete opposite. I would have thought it'd been like four or yeah, something. Well, like well, really four, four is an uh, interesting number that you mentioned because those lakes freeze over in the winter time. You can literally drive cars on those lakes. Yeah, wow. and that's for about three months of the year. And uh, you'll all be aware of thermoclines. Mm. Have you dived for any harsh ones before, Anthony? No, no. So no. The, the water went from about uh, around 10 to 12 meters. It went from being 20 degrees, 21 degrees to being four degrees. Yeah. In, so, in, the, in, in the space of one foot. 
the closest that I've ever been is when I've been up to Vobster, um, yeah. which is obviously a, a quarry. And it's sort of like, say, 17, 18 degrees on the surface. Go down 10 meters and it goes down to 12. Go down another five meters and it goes down to like eight. And it's just amazing how within five seconds it's gone from 18 to eight and it's Baltic cold. Yeah. So the, the thermocline we were diving in was so severe that you could kind of stick your hand into the thermocline and you'd have your hand in, hand in four degrees water and you'd have your body in 20. And uh, the issue is obviously we're diving, well, I wasn't even using wetsuit gloves, we were just using like uh, Dyneema style gloves, it's kind of you to gardening. Mm. So you've got no thermal protection, you put your hand in that and you know about it. But thankfully for us, we didn't spend too much time looking for fish in that. Uh, there wasn't much. There was a fish called a berber that you could hunt in the cold water. But mm. um, it, it also got really dark, so it was all kind of torch hunting for these wee fish hiding in holes. So we decided that there was plenty of uh, other fish on the agenda which we could get in the warmer water. So and what were the, the different fish that you were hunting for? Was it like, I mean, I, I don't really know much about freshwater fishing, but you got like pike and perch and dace and like what, what was the... Yeah, so you had uh, your pike, you had perch, you had um, roach, uh, rudd, you had a fish called an aid. Um, there was even a cushion carp shot, uh, tench, uh, bream. Okay. Um, there's the pike uh, perch as well, Sander. I don't think anyone shot any of those, but the, yep. the main targets were um, pike and perch were the main ones, and then quite a few bream. But uh, it was interesting because like it was a hunting a style of hunting that I'd never done before. Because we were for the the pike, we were in really shallow water, like. You're pulling yourself through. I put a hundred thousand miles on my dive bar fins with scratches. <laughs> you're in that water, that shallow. <laughs> Six months old, and they're pretty well scratched. But uh, we're in. Sometimes you're hunting in water that's less than two feet, and you're needing to, to do a full breath to pull yourself over the shallows to get to the next part <laughs> that you're aiming for. And nice. um, you had to use like it was just so stealthy. So I, I really learned to like improve on my kind of shallow water stalking because that's something I don't need to do much of on sky. There is some areas that you do that for the bass, but Probably even then you're still in probably two to three meters of water for the most part. So fishing can you and, can you eat all the fish there? I think it, like I mean I, I would have, I've never heard a thought of about eating pike. So I've I've actually eaten pike before. Um, it's not a fish that I'd go to anymore for choice, but uh, uh, when I was younger I have eaten pike, and I think it's probably to do with where you get it from that's the important part. If you catch a pike that's in a, a muddy canal, it's probably going to taste terrible. Mm. Whereas if you catch a pike in nice clean uh, like cooler waters, like or like uh, up here in the highlands, uh, then it's actually not a bad eating fish. Oh, nice! But uh, nice. then it's got a Y bone too, so that was um, a bit tricky. Uh, to in between each uh, fillet on the back, it's got this uh, weird shaped Y bone, which is um, fiddly for processing when you're trying to get your meat in. <laughs> Christ! Nice, nice. And so, so how, did, how, how did you guys get on? Did you did you place? Did you, well, not place with not fish, but did you place so, in the competition? Did you catch? So, I came 19th out of the uh, 19th out of 24 for the guys, but um, I was I think I was the only person that hadn't ever competed in a competition and hadn't won national to get there because I was just picked out of a hat to say can you come along. So I got yeah. told I'd done a right considering I've not done competitions before, and there was a few blips that I really wish I'd a uh, few things that I'd change, uh, which would would have made me score a lot higher. There was one of my fish that was underweight by two grams, and I got oh, a penalty. Man. So I was pretty raging about that, but uh, it is what it is. And then my pike was 60, grand, 60 odd grams under the qualifying weight, and that was a really high scoring fish. So if that had scored, I think I'd done the mass, and I probably would have came in the top 13, 14. Nice. So it would have, would have jumped me quite a lot of spaces for that. But um, you know, 
Yeah. Wow. Well, well done for going anyway, Christ, especially mm. last minute. And as your first competition, yeah, even to catch a fish is, uh, well, better than I'm doing for every competition this year. <laughs> what was Nothing the... Um, what was the vis like there? Was it like crystal clear water, like big long guns, or what's the hunting? So, like? I spent all my time using a seventy centimeter gun with a single band. That okay. was just uh, my thing. So I had a my inverted roller setup. It was initially an eighty, and then I put it down to seventy. So I was enjoying that more. And then for the competition, I changed the muzzle over to a Paphos to open muzzle and put mm-hmm. a single band on it just to make it quick because it didn't need to be anything more than that. So I was using a 770-centimeter gun, and I shot all of my fish for that. I took my 82-centimeter roller with me, but didn't really have a purpose. Plus, the roller muzzle actually ends up catching a lot because yeah. some of the reeds we were in were so tight, you, could, you couldn't turn around a 50-centimeter gun. You had to hope the fish were in front of you. Um, yeah, it was like properly dense in your face, and sometimes the further into the reeds you got, better the fishing wasn't. So, yeah, so although the viz was good, the, the style of hunting lent itself to a smaller gun yeah. that you can move quite quickly through the water, I guess. So uh, there was kind of two two styles. We were either doing the stalking in the shallows, which was predominantly for the pike, and I, I shot a decent size rod in the shallows. Yeah. And then we'd done some scouting where we were um, basically spending hours on end going back and forth, uh, zigzagging across these marks, trying to find uh, rocks. And uh, that was where a lot of birch were holding out. And some of these rocks would have been no bigger than the size of a, a normal car, but they would hold perch, but you could be five meters off them and you'd miss them and the perch wouldn't mm-hmm. go that far. So it was really important using the sounder to find those fish. And then Navionics. Navionics was absolutely vital to what we were doing. Oh. We had to mark up all the rocks and sometimes there'd be perch at the rock and you'd come back and the, the perch area had disappeared. But then um, I'd go down onto the rocks and uh, the trick was not to go too, like go off the edge of the rock but don't disturb the silt in that because the visibility would go really, really poor and harsh because the, all the sediment would just go up and it wouldn't settle properly. Yeah. So that was, that was a, an interesting thing for myself. And uh, it was really large bottom times as well in order to shoot the larger perch because the perch would only come in quite quickly and then it tended to be that the bigger ones would come in later at the end of the shoals. And um, we ended up like at some point your average breath hold was well over a minute 40, uh, even a minute 50 uh, for some of the fish. Wow. Which was, that was interesting for me because for what I do normally, I really need to hold my breath more than a minute 20. The smashing eight minute 50 dives back to back was uh, interesting. Exhausting, I imagine. And, and do you have like big surface times to make up for that? Or is it different because it's a competition, you've got yeah. people there yeah, watching I, you? I, I'd like to say I had big surface times, but for minute 50 dives, I was probably doing less than four minutes, like right. three minutes 50 or something. Uh, you're yeah. basically, as soon as you hit your double time, you're straight down. Yeah, yeah, that, that was why I was really, I was just on a double time, but I've got myself pretty relaxed and I was in, just in my zone, I was going down there and you could just feel your heart rate almost beating really slowly, it was just awesome and by plugging a few of these nice perch, I ended up with one that was just over 500 grams, that was a pretty special fish for me, yeah. pretty chuffed, but the, the most frustrating thing was that the fish that we'd scouted weren't there in the numbers uh, on the marks that we found because there was a mark that we'd even named on Navionics Perch Palace and we went to Perch <laughs> Palace and it, it let us down on the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way how, how, how did uh, the team get on overall then so i think uh scott uh, scott arthur he came uh 17th and then daniel man he came i think he was either 14th or 15th um something like that so yeah um and and fina i don't can't remember what what fina placed in the competition but i think overall i believe we came fifth out of the 18s or something like that so awesome. pretty good yeah. 
Would you um? Would you do it again? Did you you really yeah, enjoy it? Yeah, I would definitely do it again. It was a uh, it was good fun and uh, it was just like so different. The freshwater element of it, it uh, yeah, and it was nice for the warm water. There's so many things that we did completely different. But uh, I think if I do it again, I'd have much better idea of what to do with the scouting. I feel like I could have uh, we could have used that scouting time better to find more rocks because a lot of the reeded areas that we were scouting. Once we kind of worked it out, I think we probably should have spent more time on the sounder looking for rocks because mm-hmm. uh, they seem to be vital for the big catches of the perch, which were quite a high scoring one. Yeah, up to 12 perch uh, for, for your group. So, yeah, I mean, nobody nobody in, on our team got that much, but some of the, the Finnish team and the Spanish team and that, they were all holding up their 12 perch before they moved on to the next species. Oh, great well, stuff. It must be really hard work going to spin a completely different environment. I think. That, even the jump for me going from spearing in Devon and Cornwall to, to Sky was quite a jump where, you know, in, in Devon, places where we dive, it's mostly like uh, there's a little bit of a shingle or, or sand beach and then it slowly slopes down into maybe four or five metres of water and you, you get some deeper spots, but it's, you know, it's, it's less harsh. Whereas in Sky, obviously, you know, it's often sheer drops off the cliffs into something that's, you know, much deeper. 15 meters. Yeah, I think I was chucking you straight into 10, 15 meters at some point. You were, I remember saying to you, oh, I don't know if I can really dive much over six to eight meters. That's kind of my comfort zone. And then we got out of the boat and he says, yeah, it's about 12 meters. I'm like, ah. <laughs> but we did it. We did it. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. Good stuff. So uh, wooden spear guns, you, you've actually made those spear guns you were talking about, right? Yeah. So um, I've, I've actually, all of the guns that I have at the moment with the, of my pole spear, I've uh, made all of them uh, from. So I've got a carbon gun that I've made out of component parts that I built and put together myself. Cool. Yeah. And then I've got my two mahogany guns. So I, it was basically a lockdown project for me. The only thing that kept me sane just went in my garage, put on my songs, and sang away to myself. Basically, instead of whittling spoons, I made a spear gun. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Quite quite a rewarding experience. But uh, what's the? Um, how do you find it compared to guns that you brought in the past? So uh, my first gun that I made, it was a double banded gun. It comes in at just over 90 centimetres. Uh, and uh, I've made it out of mahogany. It was out of mahogany. I got a friend to rope the, the rail into it and everything else. I made mm-hmm. uh, uh, putting a signal stub easy trigger mech just because it was the easiest one to fit where I put the pin across it and like, line it up. I thought I'm going to make a hash of that. So I'll just yeah. put that in. Um, and uh, twin banded 16, 16 mil rubbers. And even for the like the base of the handle and the trigger guard, I got the sheet element, sheet. Uh, stainless steel off eBay and then just made that uh, and molded that with an angle grinder until it fit and then polished it up fitted that on, and, and I loved it like I, I didn't know how it would react so uh, I kind of don't know how my hopes were so I took it out and when I first took it out I flattered a few fish straight away and I was like this thing's really good and then I shot a few, few more and um, pretty shortly after that I just sold my other gun that I had at the time because I was like this is now my go-to What was it about was it just the fact you built it, so you felt like some kind of sense of connection. Yeah. Was it actually better in some kind of way? So it was the balance, like the balance of a wooden gun. If you get a proper, if you get a wooden gun really well balanced, you can kick it in the water and it will just slide horizontally. It takes a lot of work to get them to that part. I mean, there's yeah. a bit of mass to it. You got to get all your metal parts and anything that's going to weigh down the gun. You've got to subtract that from the weight and the buoyancy of the gun. And then this is where the tricky part comes, and you've got to then <laughs> drill space to put the lead into the gun but as you drill space to put the lead into the gun you are removing buoyancy at the same time yeah so it's uh, it's quite hard to fine-tune them and to properly fine-tune it, i end up putting lead into the gun and then after i put in lead it's a decent quantity i, I had nearly 400 grams of lead put in my gun 
and then I had wow. to drill some of the lead out and fill that back with lead bit of resin so that it fits mm-hmm. in perfectly. And did you um, test it in the bath for that like level buoyancy or just test it in the sea and come back and refine or? So what I done initially was because you have to seal the gun before you can test it in the bath because otherwise water would ingress into the wood there and then you'd be sealed. Oh, of course, so you can't really so do that. Yeah. You can't do that. So yeah, I built built the gun, epoxied it in, in, in full and then weighed all of the component parts of the gun that was adding on, like the spear, the reel, trigger mechanism, a- a- anything that had any weight to it. Weigh all those, and then after I weighed all those, I then got fishing leads on a piece of uh, mono and hung those over the spear gun the entire way along the spear gun. And um, sorry, my spaniel's trying to chew a hole in the floor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. wondering what that noise was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, after I'd worked out the, the weight, and then uh, took the gun out, dried it all off, drilled the underneath of the gun and then poured in the amount of lead that I needed to kind of balance it, subtracting a little bit of lead, because obviously I was removing some wood, and then yeah, epoxied over the top of that, seal the lead in, and then that's that. A lot, a lot of people like, well, for me anyway, I mean, I've done a bit of woodwork in the past, but a lot of people uh, are probably a bit scared of like trying to build their own wooden gun because they don't really know what sort of tools and stuff they would require. I mean, what's the bare minimum that, like tool-wise that you would need to build a gun? A very, very basic gun. A, a very basic gun. Um, I largely had my gun finished with uh, with a chisel and a hammer and some clamps for the most part. Uh, what I would say is it's definitely a good idea to get the, the rail routed in. I've seen on yeah. some videos people will carefully draw lines and chisel it in, but at least with a router, you know that that is, that is the important part. It needs to shoot straight and shoot around corners and it's a waste of time. So uh, yeah. I'd definitely say that the, get the rail routed. But for the rest of it, you could probably do the most part with a chisel and a, a sanding block. Because I, I, I also use a, a Dremel tool. Yeah. So it's, uh, and I just had wee sanding attachments and like the barrel drum and that, so you can work it around. That's what I made the, the base and the trigger guard with. I put an angle grinding piece onto a Dremel, just the, the wee ones, and then just carefully carve it out. And then metal work files and you're away. It, it is a time consuming thing, and uh, you've got to enjoy kind of. The, the process. I wouldn't say that someone build a metal, uh, build a wooden gun if you if you don't enjoy like, the kind of crafty side that goes into it. It is a lot of work. How many hours? Yeah. Could you um, quantify? So I I made one in one one weekend. The second gun I made, which was the roller gun, I built that over the course of a weekend. But I had the advantage there that I was using my brother's wood workshop, so I had okay. more yeah. more advanced tools for hand. Um, but I've actually um, I'm in the process of building two more wooden guns at the moment. So I've uh, just completed the handle on one of the guns because uh, two American uh, clients that took out on a charter trip, they've uh, enjoyed my gun so much that they've asked me to make them a gun each. So we project over the next month or so. Nice. Future career so, as a gun builder, maybe. Sorry. <laughs> so t- talking about the um, charter trips that you just touched on, um, do you want to explain a bit more about that? Like, Just so the listeners know what you're doing? Yeah. Um, so over last winter, I uh, was very lucky that a friend actually decided to Put me through some uh, voting qualifications. So over the winter, I've done my I've done my level two, and then I've done all the necessary requirements for my uh, day skipper theory, and then my day skipper practical. And hopefully, in the next uh, over the winter, I'm going to do my uh, advanced paragon, my yacht masters. Uh, so I've kind of got no, no limits to how far I can go. Uh, got got myself commercially endorsed, and uh, I now run uh, wildlife trip, fishing trips part time. But nice. uh, I've also uh, I've always been like wanting to kind of branch into the idea of like taking people to be fishing because 
I go out to Bacon Chamber a lot of folk as friends of my own boat, and uh, just uh, I enjoy good company and taking people out and that. But then I thought, you know what, this it could be a, a proper thing. So uh, I actually got contacted by two Americans uh, and these boys had seen my YouTube channel and they said, uh, 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 we love what you do, any chance we can get a trip? And then uh, I arranged that through uh, my boss uh, that I've got the boat with and he's uh, said, yeah, no worries, we'll make, make it happen. So uh, in the space of like five days from them contacting me, they went and bought wetsuits and uh, these boys, they dive in Florida. They used to 29 degrees water and um, 40, 50 meter bisque. So took them out and it was the first time wearing a proper wetsuit as opposed to a rash guard and um, uh, 15 degrees water. It was entertaining watching them uh, first jump off the boat. <laughs> but yeah, they, nice. they, they, adapted, they adapted really well to it though. And they were going away smashing out um, decent bottom down to 12 meters. And uh, they, they, when I gave them my guns, they didn't have spear guns. They had everything else but the spear guns. And uh, given the guns, I said, listen, these guns are deadly accurate, so it would be a missing, missing fish, it's on you. And then they both scuffled <laughs> and started like, shooting fish. And I mean, one of them even done the full length of a double wrap and shot, shot a fish <laughs> at like, a really decent range. And he was just like, love this gun. Not that you need that range, but uh, maybe for anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I was going to say, they, was, was this trip they took, the trip they took the boys out, was that one of your uh, West Guide trips yet? Yeah, uh, that, well, that was my second one. So it was one of two. Um, we certainly got the biggest fish, and it was uh, it was entertaining. And um, yeah, uh, Cantonese hit most of the big pollock in the north of Scotland and left them with a hole in them. I was leaving my mark on all the fish for you. Uh, when you just you managed to uh, you managed to give Ben some gills as well by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, I thought I don't know. I think Ben was a wee bit conservative when he said that he was like a max of twelve meters. So. We, we put the put the float down briefly and uh, threw him out just in deeper water and said, uh, "Let's let's go down. I'll follow you down and pick you back up." And uh, he smashed a sixteen meter dive. No issues. Thank you once again. Pretty pretty pleased with it, and I, I and I, I enjoyed it more than I I thought I would. When I got into spearfishing, I always thought uh, I remember going into the spearfishing store and seeing Joe PK and was like, no, "I only ever want to dive like five meters, something like that. I'll probably go out." once a month or something like that and you know now kind of addictive isn't it you just want to do more and more, <laughs> and more and i really enjoyed uh, we we put the guns down for that for those deeper dives didn't we and um we did, yeah. did a couple of i think it was like 12 14 and 16 meter dives and it's quite it's, i really like the free diving side of things and i, I always thought it i don't know would be a bit boring but it's really relaxing and really nice thing to do and really um I think it just chills you out in a way that nothing else does. Because when mm. you're spearfishing, you're you know you are quite excited. You think you're about to find some fish and shoot some fish and stuff like that. Whereas free diving, you, you know, it's, it's 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 different. And I, I love them both. Yeah, no, it's it's something with my diving is like I I feel like I always want to be progressing. So whether that's yeah. shoot, shooting a bigger fish, holding a bigger bottom time, or just diving deeper, like you kind of want to keep on going on. So I think. I, I totally, I was glad that I took you into some slightly deeper water and just because I, I totally think you're probably capable of smashing 20 meters, but you just need to Thanks, yeah. yeah, it's it's just a, a mental thing, a, a lot of it, I'm, I'm sure. I thought it was my ears, but, you know, maybe I'm just not relaxed enough or haven't previously been relaxed enough to do it. I guess that was the end of a, three days of diving, and by that time, you kind of know you can do it. So, yeah, thanks for what I, did, what I did love about that was that straight after I saw Lawrence and Lawrence yeah. fished, I was like, oh, Ben's just done a 16 meter dive. And he didn't hesitate to say, let's go. 
We went, we went straight straight out, and he got uh, sixteen one on his first dive. And uh, I said, I was like, oh, you smashed that. And that was his PB as well. I was yeah. like, do you fancy doing deeper? And then he was like, no. He's like, I bet Ben. Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we both got the 16.1 meters in the end i we, we we found out so um there's nothing like a bit of healthy competition in spearfish yeah it sounds exactly like our friend group <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> very much so exactly so um i thought well, we get to just talk about the way we set up this the sky chip so um our friend lawrence uh, who we were just just talking about um the competitive one well competitive i guess um got in touch with you Owen, didn't he and he said you know re- really keen to to organize something and he sorted out accommodation i think w- working with you is as well on that because you the guys that you go out with on the wildlife boat also have yeah. a caravan and a, a bed and breakfast um so how long ago did we arrange this guys it was quite a long time ago like three four five months ago yeah, something like that. Yeah, something so like that. Beginning to the middle of summer, it might have been April when we first started discussing it or when Lawrence sort of mentioned it. And then I think it just progressed from there. We made a little group chat on WhatsApp and uh, yeah, so it must have been a good four months ago. Yeah, yeah. it would have been about four months ago. I went diving with Lawrence a couple of years ago. He came up here and uh, he got in contact with me. We were in April, we, uh, we dived. And then uh, I think six months later, I actually went down, went down to his, uh, had a... Uh, shot a mackerel and uh, missed a cuttlefish because I didn't know what it was until it turned out and darted away from me and bits like that. Didn't exactly go with the plan, but uh, yeah, I, he was, uh, he's always been keen to come back up and get a big pollock. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, he um, did. He it was, was it 70, 80 centimetres or like that? Something it was, between? It was 78 centimetres and it was £7.7 7 gutted, so it must have been pushing yeah. towards £9. Pound. It was a, a nice fish, really solid mm. fish. Probably like mm. the one you shot, Andy. No. <laughs> no, m- m- mine would have eaten that one whole. <laughs> Eleven uh, pounds, you said, didn't you, Anthony? Oh, it was the biggest fish I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it, it was, a, it it was, was... eleven pounds last week, so surely it's twelve <laughs> Well, he's probably he's probably put on weight, um, especially with the hole in the side of his face. But yeah, that bloody spear gun. I, well, it, it's since I've been back, it's been in a corner and it hasn't even been looked at. So uh, you, I need to stick it on Facebook. Ginger in the spear. No, uh, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was going to try kicking out the floppers, um, like Davo said while we were away, and trying it again. But again, that eighty-five roller, I, I just don't. I've never needed it down here. Yeah. Um, we just haven't got the viz. I don't believe personally for it. My seventy-five is amazing. Um, goes through the water like butter, and um, it's super light, and I'm super used to it. So, yeah. you know, as soon, when we were sky, as soon as I changed the seventy-five, I was hitting fish. And you know, keeping them, yeah. um, yeah, as opposed to just wounding them mortally. Yeah, I think that's just, actually a really important thing that you said about uh, not like kind of changing what you do, like you got to stick to what you know for a certain idea. And yeah, I keep with what yeah. you're like used to. It's not worth changing stuff because that was where I kind of went wrong at the competition because yeah. I had such short notice. I basically had to order an open muzzle and change my gun just before a competition, and that was the gun I was using. So it took me a couple of days to kind of in the accuracy side of things yeah even, yeah. even like really fine stuff like the, when i placed the muzzle onto the, the barrel there was a slight um uh, drop in the the barrel between the barrel and the muzzle so i actually had to get some sandpaper and really carefully sand it just so it was perfectly aligned with the spear when i changed up it did take me a probably a day or so to get my kind of aim back in and i was lucky i managed to test it out uh, the 70 in shetland a wee bit but i was having a mare and like i just 
just lose my temper with the gun because mm. uh, it wasn't wasn't hitting anything. And I was like, why well, I've had some fish that were banged to rights and I yeah. uh, I couldn't even work it out from looking back at the GoPro footage just uh, how I missed them. But uh, mm. uh, so for that reason, I ended up uh, just going back to the pole spear for a bit and then. After I'd mellowed out a wee bit and got a couple of fish with a pole spear, I went back to the gun and eventually started to hit fish. And it's, uh, it's almost where you just need to get your confidence up with the equipment you use. Once you start hitting stuff, you get your confidence in and then it carries on from there. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I feel with, with that roller. When I have hit fish with that roller, you can't, it, it's like it twigs. Like you, you, your mind knows exactly what's just happened. Um, and the annoying thing was, and again, like in Scotland, I don't think it, there was nothing wrong with the aim per se that i was doing i was hitting the fish i mean mainly because of the fact that they were on the tip of the spear um but they were just tearing off so it was that's why i think it was something more to do with the flopper but um yeah yeah shit happens we move on yeah. <laughs> nah, there's, a, there's always next time <laughs> and there was a load of bloody fish up there so <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of fish we were spoiled for choice but um yeah well m- moving into yeah that, that that whole trip that we did um so we did we did a well effectively it went over what was it wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday so a five-day trip from start to finish um and there was five of us that went up and met arian at uh yeah sky marine is it sky marine Marine. and so it's with sky marine is that who because obviously we charged the boat through through you and through them are you part of sky marine or i'm I'm an employee of this uh, well, I'm an employee. I, I am his only uh, other employee. I'm just his really <laughs> skipper. <laughs> yeah, cool. It's one the, man band plus uh, plus me. And the accommodation was, I believe, his partner. Um, yeah, so his other half uh, had the sorted out the accommodation, and uh, I think for yourselves, it's probably pretty convenient having everything on your doorstep. <laughs> At the end of the day, you don't really want to be driving to accommodation and thinking that out with fish when you've that got somewhere on the doorstep. Absolutely brilliant and great breakfast as well. So. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of which I only had two out of the three, but never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that bit. But, yeah, so um, it was quite a long, long, long distance, though, wasn't it? I mean, it was um, basically a whole day's twelve-hour, thirteen hours worth of travelling. Um, we did it in two different cars, didn't we, Anthony? You, mm. did you use like three o'clock, something like that, and slept for a couple of hours in the car before getting up there. I think we were really keen to get there as soon as possible. Me and Lawrence had a uh, half a night in a hotel before leaving pretty early to get up and get in the water. And we, we mostly extend, we were originally going to do two days diving, but we mostly do three days diving in the end, which was pretty nice, wasn't it? Mm, mm. Yeah. So we left, and we, I've, I've luckily got a sort of like an eight seat bus type thing that I bought sort of damn near specifically for the trip. Um, and there was me, Davo, and Tom in this car, uh, in my car. And then Ben and Lawrence went up in theirs. And uh, yeah, we left at three, just gone three. I think it was 10 past three. Um, drove all the way through, stopped off for fuel, um, but it was 628 miles and 13 and a half hours. Um, and that was driving pretty much nonstop. Um, we stopped off about, it was about half an hour away um, from Sky Marine while we were on the Isle of Sky, just to have a couple of hours sleep, at which point Dave, bless him, was... Uh, already a bottle of red down and very very <laughs> tired so it was absolutely shattered I fell asleep on the back bench of the car um and there's me and tom trying to sleep i mean i'm six foot six and tom's not a small bloke either and trying to sleep on the uh, front seats of those cars was hilarious and then uh, yeah woke up to a perfect sunrise drove the rest because we were going to get in at the point that we stopped but 
it just looked too bloody cold and we were too tired. So, uh, oh, bless. Yeah, we're pussies, as you said in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> um, I, I just wear, uh, when I woke up and checked my phone and I uh, quickly established that Dave had had uh, quite a lot of red wine, it was just highly entertaining, just playing all those voice messages. <laughs> he'd, he'd left, what was there, about four or five uh, highly entertaining voice messages in the chat. Yeah. Well, and, and then uh, it was a case of at the time where we stopped, where we were going to get in, as I was saying, the, uh, we, we didn't have any wetsuit lube. And so we were like, oh, well, we need some warm water. And Arian's response was, stop being pussies, use the sea. And it was like, no, we're, we're, we're fair weather divers. We, do, we don't do any of that cold water shit. Anthony, cold's not a real thing. It's a state of mind. This is true. Pain is just in the brain. Exactly. <laughs> I try to keep it out, unlike I am at the moment. But uh, and then we drove up. Yeah, we uh, drove up, got to the accommodation about half past eight, something along those lines. Um, of which I think Ben and Lawrence joined Arian for a walk, um, where they're all held in hands and you know touching mushrooms <laughs> and stuff. Went for a wee mushroom pick, a wee forage. That's it. Went to go and get all the uh, hallucinogenics, and then we went out, tried scallop diving. Well. We took the guns, but we tried scholar diving on uh, a couple of spots that we'd been told were good um, that weren't. Area. You're in the wrong spot. Oh, <laughs> I, I told you. <laughs> the other side. Because <laughs> once I put you on them, I put you on them. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So we did the first few hours, um, and uh, yeah, it was. We were tired and very cold, um, and then and after David was about, still drunk. David was still drunk. <laughs> absolutely. And then about one o'clock, you guys came back. Um, you guys went off in a, in your rib um, for a boat dive. Me, Dave. I think it was just me and Dave because there was only room for four of you guys. Um, me and Dave went first some scallop diving on the spot that we should have gone to to begin with um, and got, what did we get? Six, Six each. each. Yeah. yeah. Like um, so we got, a, and they were, were though, weren't they? massive. I mean, you said the, the the night that we came back and I showed you the was like that you said that you got your biggest size that you'd measured was 175 mil and we managed to find two that were the same and they were just huge. The meat in them was the size of your fist. Yeah, they were, uh, I've never seen scallops like that. When you came back with them, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And it <laughs> wasn't just the, the shells themselves. It was also the meat inside them was extra big. It was like almost yeah. disproportionate to the shells. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know with scallops that you can obviously you can age them by the rings of their shell growth. Yeah. Um, and I was having a look at the the bigger ones that I've got here, and they were seven and eight years old. So mm. they are they are some pretty old scallops. But um, the scallop diving versus like what we're used to down here, they are very very few and far between. Yeah. Um, and but then again, you know, one dive you'll find five or six, um, and then you know you've got your fill. But yeah, uh, well, that's the yeah thing. it was Sometimes hard work. You have to work hard for them too. Like you can uh, have four or five dives with nothing, and then you pick up five or six in one go, and that, that's you sorted. So it's yeah. uh, just at the end of the session when you're trying to quickly go and, uh, after you've been spearing, try and quickly go and grab some scallops. And it's those days where you're tired and you're literally hoping that you get them on the first drop, and, <laughs> and you have to work for them. And, <laughs> and it's high tide, you're getting the boat out, and uh, you're having to dive four meters deeper than you'd initially have to do if they were low, and yeah. uh, it can be a bit of an epic. Uh, they're that's deeper it. up there as well. Oh, I thought they were anyway. They're deeper up there than they are down in Devon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, norm normally a couple of the scallop spots that I've got locally are up to 12 metres, like maximum 12, if that, 13. Though, more like six to eight, right? Yeah, yeah, but, but they're, they're considerably smaller. 
um, but the, the ground as well is different. Um, like up there, because they've obviously been around for so long, the one, the bigger ones that I found were actually in and amongst some like really short brown frilly kelp um, or like algae, and they were blended in so well. You only saw them when you went past and looked sort of in their mouth. Yeah, you really need to kind of r- rummage around and move some of the ground to find the, the hidden ones. We do have uh, uh, quite a few um, commercial scuba divers around here, so you can find that anything that's in the clear has been potentially uh, went over by divers, and there's not much left after that. That mm. being said, there are some spots in deep, clean water where yeah, you're in 20, 25 metres and you can pick up there quite nicely, but at the same time, that can be pretty physical when you're doing repeated dives into that depth. Mm. Well, I think on, at the end of Thursday, we had you guys caught. What did you guys catch on the boat, Ben? Well, it was pollock and collie. I caught my first collie on that, that first day's diving, which I was pretty excited about. Um, but there wasn't quite as many fish as the next day. I don't think they were quite as big. We yeah, said, it, it, it was pretty rough, and we, we didn't yeah. really get that much. It was uh, pretty heavy going. At the, my favourite spot that I took you to, we were taking a pounding. Unfortunately, mm. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed it. It was it was probably the roughest seas that I've dived in. But in those kind of situations, you, you know, you, I guess you behave a little bit differently. And we were doing proper buddy diving, which I I quite enjoy. Where you know, one down, one up, and watching each other carefully. I think that's um, it's a nice way to dive when you're diving, especially when you're diving somewhere where it's a bit rougher and mm. a little bit new and a little bit deeper than than you're used to. I I, I really enjoyed it. It's a really good ground there. It mm. was certainly it was certainly that rough that if you weren't uh, watching your buddy come to the surface uh, and you're 20 meters away from the oh, yeah. their direction, you wouldn't see them to the height of the waves. They'd be uh, they'd be in a trough, you'd be at peak and so on. So it was the only safe way to look after each other. Yeah, uh, mm. it, it was real real good fun. But yeah, that, that's that that second day, I guess, of, of of fishing or the first official day. We were out on the bigger boat with all of us together. That was um pretty special. Yeah, that's on the Friday, wasn't it? Was it 20, 24 fish we came back with something like that. Yeah, I think it was 20, 24 or twenty seven, something like that. But yeah, it was nice. it was like ten coleys and fourteen or seventeen big pollock, um, and I think all the pollock pretty much weighed. Well, they were three pound plus up to yeah, yeah. eight and a half, nine pound. You told me all your pollock weighed fourteen pounds. <laughs> it's full of shit. What can I say? <laughs> the ones that's why sh- it sinks so fast, man. Yeah, the ones I shot weighed 14 pounds, but they just didn't stay on the spear. <laughs> I thought it was 11 just now. No, they grow. <laughs> yeah. So, so on the first day, because of the way the winds were going, the winds were blowing uh, fairly strong from the west, so we went uh, round and then uh, round to get some shelter from a westerly, so uh, on an east, east-facing cliffist, and um, started off, uh, uh, well, I'm going to call it spot X, so we started yeah. off at spot, spot X, and the, the visibility there, to be fair, is probably about as good as I've seen on Sky. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, it was um, amazing. Yeah, it probably was uh, in excess of 15, maybe maybe even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, like you were saying in the pre- previous podcast, that uh, you were like, surprised by the way the fish behave. Yeah, yeah. So that, that Spot X, when we first went down there, we were, as, as we were saying a second ago, we were properly buddy diving. And so, um, unfortunately, I, short, I drew the short straw and had Davo, um, of which I didn't really see in the whole dive, but never mind. But um, yeah, no, we, we were proper buddy diving. And after about, must have been about half an hour, 40 minutes in the water, we'd seen plenty of small pollock, but nothing sizable. And we were diving down um, where there was, it was, pretty much probably the same as the whole of Sky, where it is sheer rock face. 
straight down to about five meters and then it went right down to the sand at about 15 ish 12 15 um and we used to here sitting on in the kelp looking at the sand making a bit of movement and the pollock will come in from the sand and after half an hour 40 minutes data and he goes oh there's just no fish here and but on that dive that i just come up i looked up the kelp as i was coming up from that dive and saw a couple of big pollock and i was like hmm no, Dave, I think I think they are. I think we're looking the wrong way. Anyway, as soon as he said that, I did another dive and came back up with a five pound pollock. And it was like, uh, Dave, look the other way. They're all up in the kelp. Um, and with that, Lawrence was catching. Um, I think Tom had one come off. And yeah, I, th- I think we pretty much all caught on that spot. Yeah, so I was buddy up with Lawrence following Lawrence around and uh once we'd uh, moved into the, the shallows kind of to a certain degree, we were probably only in uh, eight meters of water. You could see them from the surface just cruising in out of the gullies, and it was just mm-hmm. a matter of like kind of getting Lawrence's attention, pointing, take the dive, and take the shot. It was a it was a, a nice spot for that. And there there is other spots on Sky that I've actually managed to shoot Pollock uh, over five pounds from the from the surface mm-hmm. during the same during the same day. <laughs> um, and that was as soon as I got out of the boat, I started to load the gun and just seen a fish cruising uh, through a gully, it comes out. And, yeah, one yeah. of them I'd done, a, done a slight duck dive. That was just a level myself, but uh, the other one was properly from the surface. And uh, sometimes it, it does like you, you don't always need to dive really deep to get good sized pollock. I mm. do quite like I, I quite enjoy hunting at around kind of twelve meters, and I just I like that kind of depth. But you can properly shoot in the shallows here as well. Mm. Well, that, that, and that was one of the things from the whole trip is that obviously because of the geo. <laughs> I don't want to say the geography, I think, of the land, it, it does get really deep, really quick there. Um, but it was just, yeah, how pretty much the whole weekend was diving quite deep the whole time. And then we went on to the second spot, which is where we really did see some big fish, um, which we'll call, we'll call Spot Y. Spot Y, so that spot, spot Y was straight off some cliffs and it, it immediately goes into kind of 10 meters of water minimum. And then, um, uh, well, it wasn't long before everyone was cheering. Uh, this is the spot. <laughs> yeah. we, we'd, we'd forgotten about the boat, and it was just like, throw the fish on everything. Just get the fish. They're all here. But Ben, didn't you catch your biggest there as well? Was that oh, that spot? I can't, can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I, I had three, three decent ones that I was, I was really chuffed with. Um, they're probably like you know twice the size of the ones I've been catching at home. I've, I've never really had big pollock at home. I think mm. part of that is because I'm diving in two to three meters, but I mm. think yeah, it was um, yeah, I, I was just chuffed a bit with any fish that I caught up there was was much bigger than anything I've, I've caught back home. I did there was a couple of interesting things that day, though, you know, beyond beyond fish. I did see an octopus, quite cool. I've not seen an octopus underwater before. Um, it escaped my spear. Um, it was I was going to say, why didn't you shoot it? Well, I, I didn't want to shoot it because it was on a rock, and I, my band was you know fully fully loaded so i didn't want to blunt the spear so i went to go and stab it and it anyway didn't <laughs> get it um yeah i did a, and there was also like some huge currents in there some like really rapid currents and one of the dies i think me and lawrence tipped off the back of the boat and just kind of drifted across at some quite a quite a pace and it was really nice to see some kind of different scenery. I've, I haven't done a lot of drift diving. I'd like to do a bit yeah, more. Yeah, no, there's, there's mm. certainly places places here that have got currents in excess of uh, four knots. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to keep up with those. And the, the, when you're doing that kind of stuff, the only option is to have the the boogie come yeah. pick you up because you you wouldn't want to you burn yourself out just to 
doing a few dives and then swimming back up that you'd be done for the day mm. oh yeah i don't think you could have swum against it even if i wanted to but you you could still dive down a little bit and yeah. you know get yourself into the right place you, you, uh, unfortunately i missed the nice big pollock i saw down there uh, but it was i've uh, certainly found that the, the currents are generally what they call it like the, the big pool yeah. like sitting on the not in the current but on the edge of just underneath yeah, yeah just underneath on the big headlands and that that's uh, that's where the big goalie sits so you want to be close close to the current but not quite in it except when yeah. you're, you're working too hard the other thing that i saw was the um the massive lion mains the jellyfish that were up there were uh, huge. yes so when I, when we were on the way out there in the boat, and we I saw a couple of jellyfish from the surface, and I didn't I didn't quite appreciate until I got in the water how big mm. they were. But uh, luckily, all of their little stingy tentacles had obviously worn off. Um, but yeah, I still wouldn't want to take in a face full of that on the way no, back. The, the, the lions means are definitely they, they tend to die off around um, September time, but uh, in kind of July August time, they they can be huge, and the tentacles can be over uh, five meters long. And wow. they can be so, so fine and wispy that you can hardly see them. I've uh, unfortunately had the pleasure of being stung quite on two occasions. And obviously, with the, the nature of what we wear, it's always on the face that you can shoot. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I had one uh, right at the start of a boat diving session for the day. It was my very first spot uh, I dropped in and had four dives. And I surfaced. And as I surfaced, I, I don't tend to look up when I'm surfacing. I just tend to kind of look straight at uh, what I'm doing, or I'm looking down, looking for the next fish. So um, I went and surfaced. I basically surfaced in the, the side of this lion's veins and the tentacles that wrapped right around my, my oh. lower lip. And um, I knew it hurt as soon as I done it. I was like, oh, this is really, really painful. And uh, it wasn't until I got out of the water that I realized just how painful it was. And it wasn't the, just the, the sting of where it got me. It was like a paralyzing pain. I was getting shooting, stabbing pains in my, my hands, my back, my knees. And um, that lasted about eight, eight hours. It, it, oh, wow. it did not relent for about eight hours, and uh, I actually ended up uh, getting some pretty decent painkillers off the uh, off the doctors at A and E because five hours in and it wasn't relenting. I was like, yeah, no, no, thank you. It was that part where I was like, when's this going to stop? Mm. Ouch! Very. And ouch. Then, then, thankfully, the second time I got stung, I had so many painkillers left over. It's only a few weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Christ. But um, I'm all I'm all out now, unfortunately, and I've uh, yeah. I've not had any any stings. Sense, but there is some places in certain months of the year where we're diving and you can see down in kind of 12 meters of water and there's multiple jellyfish and you're kind of almost working your way in between them and, and in yeah. these spots you are looking up and you're planning your ascent so you're not even going vertical you're almost zigzagging up across and you're holding your hand across your face just in case but uh, you only put yourself through it's, it's the best spots for the fish because <laughs> if you dive down and you see a shoal of 50 pollock and golf all around the five pound mark you're not going to go around the corner to where there's no fish just because there's a few jellyfish there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and then I think it. we went on from there and we did a couple more spots, but then one of the final spots, which I think is where Lawrence caught his biggest pollock, was yeah. um, I, think, I think we were all absolutely shattered at this stage. And so I think it was only, was it just Lawrence that got in? and oh, I, I went in as well. I think that was oh, you did. Where, yeah, that was where I caught the biggest one, thinking... Thinking right, back. right. It was about yeah, half yeah. the size of Lawrence's, of course, but it was. Uh... <laughs> oh, nice. And yeah, we were over where we were. There was this massive. Um, I don't know whether it's a golden eagle or what. But oh, that, that was a uh, sea eagle, uh, white sea eagle. eagle. Uh, yeah, and it was getting chased by this <laughs> seagull, obviously trying to defend its territory. But this thing wingspan must have been five, six meters. It was so, just amazing. Uh, not meters. Then they, they can have a wingspan of up to eight feet. Oh really? Christ, yeah, so, so, so uh, five, five to six meters is you exaggerating like a fish. 
Well, yeah, yeah. As, as, long, as long as I'm consistent. It's all right. <laughs> we always need to half the size of anything. My, my, my concern is he keeps telling us his dick's the size of a squirrel's dick. Uh, he exaggerates a lot, so I'm kind yeah. of a bit worried, really. Well, you know what you need to do to get to the truth? You need to follow the two ways you can personally just debate it yourself. Or, or you can just debate it by free. Well, actually... For those, for the listeners, a squirrel's penis is sixty percent the size of his body, and I'm six foot six. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Divide by three hundred percent. That's it. Yeah, and then divide it by three. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad I'm making this entertaining for Richard as well. Giving it a <laughs> well, then, then we went back and we had gorgeous dinner. Um, to, Oh, that was the one I cooked. Yeah, no, that was um, Friday night. I did uh, batter pollock that we did. I don't think we did fish skin until Saturday. I can't no, remember. no, you you done the fish skin the first night. I came over and uh, it was. enjoyed that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did the fish yeah. skin, pollock, chips, um, a load of the scallops. Um, and yeah, just had a really, really good night. And then had a really decent night's sleep. Um and then straight into Saturday, which we because the wind had changed and was opposite, we went the opposite direction. Right, but but before then, we gave you, we blessed you with your nickname, Eeyore. Yeah, of which I still don't <laughs> understand. It Go on, explain it. Because right, so what was happening? Somebody told a joke, and then Anthony made a donkey Eeyore noise. <laughs> uh, no, and, and I know it was Anthony because he got so defensive about the fact. So when when somebody's oh. trying that hard to say they they wasn't them, then it clearly is. Oh, pfft, oh, fine. And then Richard's now figured out the real reason why the name's Eeyore, I think. He's also, he's also a good pack donkey as well. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm good for is carrying the gear. <laughs> dear, oh dear. No, it's, you're good um, for having a laugh as well, mate. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> that that's so what, that's what it, we're here for. That's it. <laughs> and then Saturday, yeah, we went, um, we went out the opposite direction. Um, of which on the way there, we saw yeah, dolphins swimming with the boat. We saw a load of, what were the other things that aren't dolphins? Um, porpoises. Porpoise. Yeah. I still yeah. need to Google what they look like. They look uh, like a small dolphin, essentially. Uh, but they're uh, really shy, not like the dolphins, because the dolphins yeah. were playing with us for ages. Uh, porpoises behave, uh, they're very timid. They don't behave in the same manner that dolphins do. I was actually lucky enough to get a, a dive in with the dolphins uh, back in March. I just jumped off the side of the boat while they were cruising alongside and they actually came up pretty close to me. It was, it was awesome. Nice. Nice one. They are big old fish. Are they fish? No, they're mammals, aren't they? They're not fish. But not fish. Not fish, they're mammals. But then, uh, and then halfway through the day, we went to an abandoned island. Was it, is it, is it abandoned or is it still it's owned not by inhabited. people? Uh, not inhabited. Yeah, not, not inhabited. But there's a house there. Yeah. Not inhabited. And it's got a really, really cool, like natural harbour outside the front of it, um, which we went in low tide. So it was <laughs> it was fun watching Harry and trying to uh, manoeuvre the boat in what was it, half a meter, a meter of water. Yeah, so I've never taken it in in that low, so much so that the <laughs> easiest option was to lift the outboard and uh, pop over the side and just throw the boat in. <laughs> walk it in. Walk it in that way. I know where, but I can slow it down before I hear a crunch because Trevor wouldn't thank me for. Uh, Putting a decent scrape in his 21 foot power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, we had a gorgeous lunch there. Tom had a ship in the sea. Yeah, no, <laughs> he did. And we found out he's got a tramp, tramp stamp as well. Yeah, yeah, a tramp stamp. 
Um, he, did, he did a Cornish suitor, did he? <laughs> well, no, it wasn't even that. He just got fully naked. Well, he was wearing uh, long johns. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like Barbara Dungary, so he had no option but to get everything in. Nice. And Dave was helping him, bless him. And then, uh, <laughs> and then after that, we got back in and went to the strange part about that was Tom kept on saying to Dave he didn't need a didn't need a hand, and Dave was like, "No, no, I, I insist." <laughs> <laughs> Dave heard about the tramp stamp. Just wanted to have a look. And let's get you out of that suit, Tom. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Anthony. To be fair, no, I was too busy eating. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and th- then after that, we went to a, another spot with a gorgeous waterfall. Um, and Ben, I think I think you got some decent footage of that, didn't you? Yeah, d- just swimming in and out of it. It's just just really nice place and kind of different to everything that we've got back home, I guess, isn't it? Mm. And and what was interesting about that waterfall? It was so fishy. Like you, I would have thought freshwater wouldn't really attract so many of that kind of fish. Like I know that you know flounders and things like that like estuaries yeah. but it was really fishy there if, if a bit green on the surface obviously uh, so you, the surface. you can notice the difference with the layers and especially mm. when you get a lot lot of rain uh, a lot of fresh water you can notice it can be like probably the better part of a foot and it yeah. completely haze up to the point where you can't see the bottom even from in if you're in two meters you still wouldn't see the bottom there's so much haze mm. but as soon as you go through there it's pretty clear and because of the fresh water it's so much separated from the, the salt you can Still spear some pretty decent fish. Uh, mm. I've, I've seen fish in excess of 10 pounds uh, at that spot, so that's a big one to kick me around there. But yeah, yeah. you're right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think you'd like the fresh water, but it's the, the depth of water and seems, 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 seems to work. I, I often wonder if they're attracted to sound, and I guess you know, you got the sound of that waterfall kind of hammering into the water. I wonder if that, that may attract some of them. But yeah, it was a really fishy spot. Really good. That was where I did the, the 60 meter dive with you. and um, and so did Lawrence. It was uh, yeah, Dave was smashing good fish there as well. Did it? Was, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. No, I think when we went to go and get Dave to go to the last spot because there was one spot before that actually wasn't there. There was the scallops, yeah, um, with yeah. the three massive seals that were in the water at the same time. Of which that was the only thing I think about that entire trip that I was any good at was the scallops. But uh, yeah, no. And then we went back oh, in. Sorry, I'm, I'm meant to stop in here. No, Dan, uh, Anthony, you're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. It's fine. To... <laughs> see, see, as soon as you put the, down the roller gun, you're doing fine as soon as you put down the roller gun. Yeah, the, 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 si- the silence was fine. The silence uh, was you, fine. Yeah, I think you love more fish than I did, to be fair, mate. I love how he went and bought that roller gun <laughs> for that trip as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> just didn't work. Uh, but uh, no, it rings true to stay with the thing that you know. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. but and that was pretty much the end of the trip, wasn't it? We um, we did we, we were returned back to the spot that we did on the end of the last day. Yeah. Um, and I, I took Lawrence spot. and Tom to a slightly different spot, so yeah. we weren't following the same spots too badly. Yeah. And um, Lawrence got another nice fish, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty decent trip. I was thinking coming back to the gear, like. Uh, I think a probably an 80 to an 85 centimetre gun is probably your kind of perfect gun. Mm-hmm. You you don't need much more than that. I mean, some people like uh, like a 90 or even a um, like Josh, he swears by his 110s. But for the most part, oh. a, a night, uh, anything over a 90 is probably probably overkill. And if you want the range, you can just double wrap it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. And if anyone's thinking about coming out of Scott, what what sort of fish 
can they expect to catch over there? Uh, lots of pollock and uh, corpish. Uh, and uh, rass as well. If, you, if you're into your rass, there's, there's plenty of rass kicking around as well. But uh, <laughs> oh, predominantly yeah. pollock and corpish. I um, caught the only, uh, the only rass that entire trip. <laughs> It's <laughs> because I'm the only fucker that was shooting. <laughs> well, I was I was only asking because obviously um, the boys were hoping for some cod, but I guess that's probably further up north, is it? Or? Yeah, I think the cod are more from from fishing times. They're more of a winter fish, and they are predominantly further up north. I have caught some run line, but they do tend to be in that kind of sub twenty five meter uh, yeah. range. And I'm trying to explore that more and uh, like kind of whole hunt with torches and that. But the issue is. I don't have many dive buddies. That I, well, I certainly don't have any dive buddies on the island, which are capable of buddying me for those kind of dives. So I have to mm-hmm. wait until I've got one or two of them. I'm going to call them a special buddy, but I can dive <laughs> quite deep and uh, that I'd uh, feel comfortable bashing out 25 meter plus dives to go whole hunting. With. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah, the thing nice. as well, they're, they're another species. We get those run line, but they're again predominantly kind of 25 meters and below that, that we've caught them in run line. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah, so as you were saying, Ben, Sunday then, we just, uh, I think that was pretty much it. We had a really, really nice breakfast and uh, said our goodbyes and then, yeah, made our way home. And what was that? Another 630 miles and took us about 13 and a half, 14 hours, of which you, you took, left. You took, you took an interesting detour. Yeah, so, so we just did, <laughs> It was just Google Maps. Um, and there was one that it, it, started, it started trying to take us the original way or the way that we came up. Um, but there was another one that was half an hour quicker, but Lawrence and Ben left half an hour before us and we stopped for 20 minutes and we still overtook them on the way home. So, and, and we were going over se- uh, 70 the whole way back. So make of that what you will. I was only doing 70 <laughs> plus 20%, but never mind. <laughs> It, it was um, it was an epic trip. So yeah, thank you. Aaron, was it longer on the way back or on the way so, up? What do you reckon? I, the journey was worth it. I don't, I don't even know how how long it because, <laughs> but it was. I mean, the, the best thing about that that bit of the journey is Scotland is just absolutely stunning. That whole journey, whether it's the A nine or the mm. eighty four, whatever the other route was, eighty two, it, it's just absolutely beautiful. And, mm. um, you don't really think about like time and stuff because you're just looking out the window going yeah this is cool what was amazing that we found in the in the car was that on, on the way up because it was dark we saw the scotland border um or the welcome to scotland sign and then the sort of the last bit of the trip because it was pitch black didn't feel like it took that long it was chucking it down anyway so we were going quite slow um but on the way back it felt like we were in scotland for ages it was like we're six hours in and we're still in scotland um, and then we saw Carlisle and it was like, oh, thank God, we're out of Scotland. We don't need to subtitle anybody talking to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it was a fantastic, uh, an amazing trip. And the only thing I, d- I don't think we got into was how, how did you sort of, I know that you've done that, um, the one trip before us with the Americans. How did you go about organizing and planning the trip from your end? Is it just a case of you just, you know your spots, you borrow the boat, and then, you know, off so, you go? Or? In, in my spare time, I take out that boat a lot, and uh, um, basically the idea is I need to find as much ground as possible, and there's, there's a lot of good spearfishing spots. The problem is they all work different. And some days you can go to a spot, and it's got the same conditions, the same tides, and for no rhyme or reason, there's not the same standard or the same size of fish as that mm. So the trick is have plenty of them, because I, I'm lucky I've got lots of big fish marks, and 
I don't want to be that guy that's just got that one mark where you can pull out good fish and short of that there's nothing else because that's not sustainable to keep on going back to the spots mm-hmm. I go and that I've only fish twice this year um, just because I, I like to keep it fresh I don't want to keep going back to the same places I want to keep on gaining new spots and kind of push it out and ideally like if you keep on doing the same thing you're only going to get the same results Mm, no absolutely no it's fantastic thank you very much for taking us we're all uh, I think we're all still knackered from it <laughs> coming straight back and getting straight back into work and it's just like oh but uh, no it's fantastic so but mo- moving on from the trip and sort of a bit more into your spearfishing so you're you've, you've got quite a YouTube and social media presence and you know and how how's, how's that for you how are you finding that are you, are you looking to try and get that full time or so uh, YouTube uh, pays horrifically, unfortunately. My, my channel is, I'm lucky enough that my channel's now got to the point where it's uh, monetized, so I do get a small amount of uh, money from YouTube, but it's uh, certainly nothing I'm going to put my day job for. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I, do, I do YouTube because I enjoy, I enjoy making videos and showing people what, uh, what's out there. Like when I'm getting a video of like drone footage of dolphins and then jumping in the sea and swimming with dolphins, or if I'm in a pack of uh, spur dog and I got into a pack of spur dog off the maidens and there was like 30 small sharks essentially yeah. about four, four foot long over 20 pound of weight some of them and i was just going amongst them and it, it's like when you've got that kind of stuff and you can get it on camera it's like why, why wouldn't you kind of want to want to show other people <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely awesome. absolutely and, and then okay. uh, like some of the the wrecks uh, i'm really lucky there's a really awesome wreck that i've got on the safety island and um, it's just one of these places it's kind of surreal when you look back at the footage and the, the quality of it when it's in uh, on a decent visibility day, it's, uh, it's a really stunning place to hunt this big fish, and it, uh, I think it makes some pretty good content. I've just got to edit it up and uh, put it in a, a nice video That's with it. some mu- music, and uh, hope people like it. But uh, no, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me if people like like my content or not. What what does annoy me though is like I had one video where I got uh, got kind of trolled by um, some the Scottish spearfishing uh, no, Scottish Conger Association. Mm. Which, uh, promote the catch release of uh, conger eels and uh, they didn't take very kindly to my uh, conger eel video but I don't know why they posted it on their site in the first place because <laughs> what, what did they expect a spearfishing conger eel <laughs> video to be yeah well that's as we know you can't please everybody but uh, all advertising and like media is is good you know if it, if it gets your yeah. brand and your awareness out there and it's it's good. There's going to be as long as there's more people seeing it, especially things like that. Yeah, spared yeah. video. I haven't seen, so I need to go and watch it. But uh, I'll get on to um, your your ats and your hashtags and all of that in a sec. But just a few questions from us before we go into listening questions, or from me. Um, what piece of gear for the spearfishing um, couldn't you live without? The Navionics. Definitely. Yeah, Navionics is nice. a huge part of me finding any new ground. Uh, unfortunately, in my area, the relief shading's not very good because it's not been went over with the right charts so they, they don't have all the sounding things but just using Navionics and the tide flows to work out uh, upwellings and that um, it's my, my goal to try and shoot decent sized fish uh, as much of the year as I can so I'm trying to hopefully get fish earlier in March than I did this year and um, like using Navionics and tide flows to work out where fish would be, potentially be uh, especially early season it's, um, it's vital I think for, for me Nice. And then on the um, spots that you've been to, can you add to Navionics with, say, like a Garmin fish finder or something? So I've got a Garmin on my uh, 
um, I read, but unfortunately, it doesn't translate across. So no. I have my boat. I've got my, my phone with Navionics uh, on the centre console of my boat at all times running, so I can uh, mark up more spots than that. And uh, yeah, now my Navionics is pretty busy with marks all over the sky. Nice. And nice. if you to get, you know, someone was going to go looking on Navionics for spots, whether it's sky or anywhere else, what maybe three things would you look for above all else? So you, you use Navionics in uh, relation with uh, Google Earth because if the, the most of Google Earth will penetrate into certain parts of the sea, so you can see if it's sand or kelp. And I'd be looking for like kelp, a decent depth, probably on headlands uh, where there's a decent tide flow at certain points would be the, the three things I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But normally I'm looking for deep water that's came up from deep water to shallow. Um, like you're talking like rising from 30 metres up to 15 metres quite a sharp drop off so that it's it's got some they, they, they like drop offs and ledges uh, I, I certainly find anyway nice perfect rich you want to ask the next one yeah i was just wondering uh you affiliated or sponsored by anyone so i am uh, sponsored by spearfishing uk so cool. uh, i've got i've got this i've had the same sponsor uh, as josh for the same amount of time before yeah. that last last november uh, i got offered a, a different sponsorship and that just decided in the end it wasn't for me and then uh, I got offered to be a fishing UK, and uh, it's uh, the kind of gear that I was wanting anyway. So I basically got my, my wish list of my, my bits that I wanted. Because obviously, I, I built my own guns, so I'm not after spear guns. Uh, so I'm quite happy building my own guns and like them. So I mean, may, maybe one day I would like an orca to be there. They're the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one go to my wish list. Uh, an orca spear gun, <laughs> they look pretty insane. And, uh, they are Daniel, nice, yeah. Uh, nice. Daniel Man Daniel Mann said they like the. The best gun he's ever used. He, he absolutely loves it. So, um, yeah, I'd like to have a shot of an orca. That'd be good. But maybe I'll get to borrow one at some point to buy before I buy. <laughs> but nice. um, then uh, I've got like my, my polo stuff and my dive bars and that. So I've kind of got all the all the bits that I wanted to add to my, my kit. Cool. Nice. Awesome. Cool. And just a final question. The final question before we get into listeners' questions. Um, with, with spear fishing, obviously you're out, outside of spear fishing, you're a policeman. Um, you know, and you're now starting these charters, um, hopefully a little bit more full time. Where do you see yourself in spearfishing in five years? Do you want to do this full time? Do you want us to keep it as a hobby? Was it where where do you see yourself? So I've kind of seen myself uh, on the kind of track that one now. I just want to. I'd like to do a few more charters, and uh, it's certainly not something that's uh, viable for like a full time job here. Um, at the moment, it's been blowing forty miles an hour for the last few days, and um, it's just over the winter time that. There's no fish around, so it could be a full-time thing. But certainly in the, the summer months and the, the height of the season, I'd like to like it to be a, something I'm doing maybe uh, four days a, a month or something. At, at, just it's just really nice to take like-minded folk out and show mm. them what I've got to offer here. And most yeah, nice. That come, that come here, they, they're all flashing the PBs. Guy is uh, it's a it's a good place for big pollock. Uh, mm. And I'm hoping that in time I can try and diversify that into other species and uh, do a wee bit more exploring into. Ideally, trying to find cod would be the, the next kind of mission for myself, but I'll work hard at that for the winter and hopefully hard work pay off. Nice. And the other thing, I know, I know you were saying about finding cod, but um, the, the one thing that I found fascinating, considering the land up there looks like it was prime for it, was the total lack of flatfish. Yeah, so I've actually just been on uh, the Isle of Mull. Um, last week I was on the Isle of Mull and I got three, three dives in whilst I was there, and uh, they were all targeting uh, ideally bass. But unfortunately, the weather was probably atrocious, so I uh, failed to get any bass. But I did um, 
found everything that should have been there for the bass. I found the, the lance, that, uh, big, the really big sand deals that are like two foot long, the small mm. sand deals, and uh, a little lugworm. And I scoured that sand for ages. Um, I was actually um, thinking back to everything that Jack said in the previous podcast about mm. the, the signs of uh, flatfish and all that. So I, I was like, right, I've got the food, I've got a certain amount of tide, I've got the right depth of water, but um, it was just a void of flatfish. And not even, I didn't even see one size of my hand, like nothing. And I spent hours on a sander on uh, three different locations. Mm. So it, it's it, I do hear that there's definitely better flatfish on the, the, from my line fishing as well. And uh, growing up on the, the East Coast uh, in the Inverness area, there's definitely better flatfish on the, the Northeast Coast and the North Coast uh, mm. than there is on the West. Don't know why that is, but um, if you go onto the north coast, there's parts that you could um, put uh, a washing line full of dab on if you wanted to shoot. And some of these dabs are over a pound, so they're a decent size oh. dab. Nice. Um, uh, very little. I've, uh, I think I came across three takeable flatfish on the Alice Sky and uh, a handful of smaller ones. Mm. Awesome. That being said, when I was in Mull, I, I found um, some uh, queen scallops, uh, which I don't find with many of those on Sky, and I found. Uh, Six queen scallops also get my kings as well, and they're quite entertaining because they try to swim away from you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, saw, I saw your Instagram yeah. post. Yeah, they, they look cool. They look very cool. Well, on to the listeners' questions. Richard, do you want to take the first one? So this one was from Sean Rowan on Instagram, and he wants to know, how do you pronounce your name? Because everyone seems to get it wrong or have a different way of saying it. Uh, so it's pronounced uh, Arian, but uh, sometimes I go by Aaron, but in fairness, it's been called a lot worse before, so. <laughs> so you just seem to go with it fair enough man um do you, do you want to grab the next one then yeah next one uh is from falcon hajar on instagram uh what's your go-to breathe up exercise before a dive so i don't do anything um, special it's just uh, just tidal breathing it's normal breathing mm-hmm. uh, obviously not hyperventilating or anything like that it's uh, dangerous so normal breathing and when you come to your last breath uh, I tend to uh, I've got my weight belt on my hip but I still sometimes it slides over my stomach so I pull my weight belt out slightly just to pull up my stomach as much as I can and then uh, dip a dive so. nice cool. and this one is from the Jersey Spiro on Instagram what noise techniques do you use to bring the fish in so for the pollock I use uh, grunting um, as soon as I go down not always, probably 50% of the time. Sometimes it's, uh, it does more harm than good. Uh, I normally do one or two loud grunts and then leave it be. Um, I find that if you use too much uh, grunting, it definitely spooks the fish. Um, so, yeah, use it, but use it sparingly. I was going to ask this question um, earlier on, and I, I knew this question was coming up, so I thought I'd hold on. But here, to track the bigger pollock, like if the visibility is really good, you can pick up some sand and chuck it up and sort of try and you know, entice them in, especially if they're a bit curious. Does that work being on Sky with the visibility being so good? So I have tried some dusting and it's not had any effect on the really big fish. Um, the other thing, going back to the grunting, is if the fish are moving in and you can see them moving in, I don't make any sense. It, it, it's not necessary. I'll probably spook them. But with the dusting, I've done some spots where I've like done a really heavy dusting and you can see from the surface and not much has came in there, not in the way that it does in some of the Mediterranean countries. That's so. I've also tried, tried flashes as well. Um, I've not had any success with flashes. I know Josh has had uh, varying, like, a mixed bag of results on the flashes, but I've had times when I've been fi- uh, people have been fishing and I've been diving near them and I've been shooting five, six, ten pollock that were looking at their lure but not reacting to it. 
Mm-hmm. Which would be similar to a flasher. And if you weren't down there with a spear gun, you wouldn't believe that there was no fish there. But they're mm. just ignoring it. So I think yeah. the fish need, need to be in the mood to take sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Nice. So um, next question, what is the water in Sky throughout the year and what wetsuit do you use? And this is from Ryan O'Gorman on Instagram. So the warmest, the, the main body of the sea temperature out in the open gets is uh, 15 degrees and that'll be probably about the start of September. It, gets that. it just started to turn now and it's starting to go down. And the coldest I've had is uh, five degrees in the open. Um, uh-huh. But the issue with the winter diving is that we tend to, when we get the decent weather to go out in the winter, it's normally a really big high pressure, which means that the uh, water is very flat and you get fresh water that will sit on top of that. And the fresh water is, um, in some cases, below freezing. I've been out on dives where the fresh water is frozen by about a centimetre onto the sea. Oh, you're wow. diving ne- next to that. And obviously, the water on the surface is fresh water. So you're, you've got your head in round about zero degrees water and you're diving down to get slightly warmer. <laughs> mm, it, it, it does burn for a good 20 minutes when it's that, that kind of cold. It doesn't relent. And um, oh, cool. Next one is from Shannon Ross. Um, have you been into fishing your whole life? Bless her, that was uh, that's my fiance that asked that one. She wanted to make sure <laughs> is there it, was I did wonder. <laughs> <laughs> she, she wanted to make sure there was a question on the listeners' question. Oh, well, thanks, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> um, so I've been uh, fishing since uh, about the age of six. Yeah. And my dad used to run boat trips on Loch Ness fishing, so I've been basically growing, growing up fishing around the water. Nice. Well, all, all I can say is thank you very much for the uh, for the trip. It was yeah worth every single penny um, yeah. of the trip up there. The worth the drive, and yeah, we'll, we'll be highly recommending it to everybody that we speak to. Um, where can people find you on socials? Um, so I've got my, my YouTube uh, uh, Sky Spear Fishing. You can drop us a comment on any of those videos, uh, or I've got um, uh, my Facebook uh, Arian Win or. Um, uh, other places, uh, Instagram, uh, Sky Spear Fishing. So any of those platforms, you can go ahead. And uh, what I would would say is, uh, if you're if you're interested, certainly drop us a message, and we can try and sort something out. And uh, if you boys are coming back, I think probably it would be ideal if you could probably come back for a couple more days and get some shore dives in to break it up and make yeah, make love to epic of it. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully, get you up in the future as well, Richard. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to coming up and uh, showing Anthony how to shoot these 14 pound pollock. Eighteen. I'm sorry. Oh, 18, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you made a quick recovery on your ear there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I had to make the decision tonight, so I don't want to let the boys down. And I made that yeah. call, and turns out I made the wrong call. But such is life, eh? Yeah. But there's, there's so. definitely probably over over thirteen pound kicking around here. Um, there they are. I've uh, I've got a shaft into one or two accidentally, which came off. But um, hopefully I'll get one to hold. But I, I just don't put the, I don't take a shot on a big fish now unless I'm certain it's going to stay because yeah. the big ones tear themselves in two to get off. Yeah. I certainly yeah, found that. Enough. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It's much appreciated. Again, thank you very much for taking us on the trip. And uh, yeah, thanks for a fantastic podcast. Yeah, thank You're you. Welcome, Hope to see you soon. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Arian. We'll speak to you soon. Well, guys, that was great. Again, really lovely to see Arian after, I guess it's only two weeks, but it was a proper good trip and um, something I'm certainly going to remember for the rest of my life anyway. feels like it's been forever. Yeah. It does not feel like that was two weeks ago. I feel feel like I haven't seen Arian in months. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you missed him already. 
No, he seems yeah. like a really good guy. He seems uh, like he's really super knowledgeable about Sky and everything else, man. It's really cool. Yeah, I've missed that one. Yeah, well, the, the, the only thing with uh, with Scotland is, well, there's six scholar per day limit. I mean, at that size, to be fair, oh, so that's actually the limit. So, that, oh, okay, I see. I'm with you. Yeah, now. yeah. So yeah. Th- they haven't got a license like with, with Devon with the IFCA and Devon also yeah, got yeah. a license, which is 25 a day. Um, but the limit up in Scotland is six a day. There's no license, but they've got a bigger landing size as well. Um, right. of if I remember right, it's 135 mil, whereas oh, ours here yeah, are 100 mil, something like that. Yeah, and we to be fair, we don't get many 135 mil ones down here, do we? That's no, not, not when many, we do, no. when we do, we're like, oh my god, that's huge! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, um, no, it was it was an amazing trip, and Arian's a lovely, lovely guy. So, what's going on? What's coming up? Um, well, we're just Rick's- trip to the Azores, aren't you? Is that right? Oh, the Azores, yeah. Well, Have you um, planned it? No, 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 no. Without um, us, of course. No, my, my, yeah. my, my wife's listening. <laughs> He's just going to go and send us a photo from the beach. And be like, I did invite you, boys. Of course. That's like, without your wife as well? Oh, yeah. mate, I, I'm not denying anything on this. <laughs> He's got his headphones in. <laughs> Hayley can't hear, can she? <laughs> I'm going to message her. I hear that Richard is going to the Azores. Well, I, I I don't know what the crack is, but what I do know is I want to go to the Azores next year and shoot yeah. some very nice fish. So yeah, nice. We, we'll figure it out and we'll see whether I invite you lads or not. <laughs> hey, go by yourself. Bollocks, I'm only playing. You know what you boys are. Um, yeah, yeah, so the, the, the Ring State competition, the last national competition, got cancelled, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah we found out earlier, out. didn't we? So, um, yeah, we had, to make, we had to make a decision on it, and it just doesn't look that good. So, yeah, Sa- safety before anything else, eh? Absolutely. Well, there still should be some nice weather before the end of October, right? So, at least we can um, get a few uh, more. Yeah, well, I mean, like, where I went out the day, it was still pretty decent, to be fair. So, like, if you pick the right, yeah, yeah, if you pick the right spots, you can get some viz. But the thing is, it's it's just do those spots hold the fish you're looking for? (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. Well, with uh, with the fact that it's cancelled, that means that the uh, the current standings are standing, which means that our previous podcast guest, Dave Stevens, is the 2022 champion, I believe. Yeah, that's right. He's won the champions. Well done, Dave. Last one. One of the Dawson lads year. coming through. Honestly, he's, are you going to suck up to him as well now? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dave and Rich, the new oh. podcast team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be like that. Uh, well it's, done, Dave. Uh, and I think um, Fina won for the ladies, for the women's. Women's Opens, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, well yeah. done, Fina. And... Um, no, well done, everybody. I, d- I, d- I didn't see what team won. Uh, it's right. Vince for you. Vince for you. So, yeah, Dave Stevens yeah. and the guys again. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. And the, well, the, the Spiro Hangout team came 14 of 16, I think it was. <gasps> we didn't come last. We did nice. not come last. <laughs> Nearly. No. And I think then, I came joint last. And, and out of us three. Did I go? I think in third. What'd you yes, say? you heard correct. 
No, you keep breaking up, but I don't know if you do it on purpose or not. He's so doing that on purpose. <laughs> oh, son, Put in the plug sorry, out, boys. Sorry, boys, my internet connection went when I said your names. No, my internet actually really... Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think what Richard is trying to say is out of us three, Ben came first, Richard came second, and I came last. Never mind. But, yeah, no, well done, Ben. Very uh, well done. Next year. Yeah, well done. You're gonna bake me a cake or something, or <laughs> yeah, we'll get you a medal, one of those chocolate <laughs> chocolate coins. Yeah, but uh, no, we got ne- next year. I think this as a, as a first year, it's been thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, um, obviously, I'm still not even on my full first year spearfishing yet, so I think that's the end of October. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. But the other things that we've got coming up in the next couple of weeks, obviously, Wingstead comps cancelled. We've got the Vobster with David Meller yep. coming up in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be good. And um, we got the Dorset Open on the 16th of October. Anyone's from any club is welcome to it as well. Um, mm. And it's going to be a barbecue, um, some cool prizes, and hopefully the weather plays ball and we can all go diving. But it'll still be going ahead, like the social aspect will still be going ahead anyway, even if the weather doesn't play ball. Cool. Yeah, nice. And is that similar to the IC pairs? Is it? Is it? Or is it an individual? It no. So it's a pairs comp. So you go dive with a buddy, only because you can dive anywhere in Dorset, which means obviously you haven't got safety boats. So yeah, it's a pairs comp. Dive anywhere in Dorset. Be back by Weymouth Angling Club by set time, um, and all clubs are invited. So it's going to be a really cool event, man. Looking forward to it. Well, yeah. thank you very much, boys. Another and awesome episode. Next week we have. Wet mammal coming on. Oh, sweet. Ooh, Sam. Sam Claudia. Yeah, man. He's going to join us all the way from Australia. So it's going to be an awesome episode. Um, I don't know if you lads follow his YouTube videos and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. He's He smacks some nice fish, doesn't he? So I'm looking forward to speaking to him next week. Excellent. Right. Well, I need to go to bed and go and lick my wounds and feel sorry for myself. Nice. Well, I hope mask. you feel better soon. Thank you very much. Feel better soon, dude. Drugs. I'll catch you boys later. Excellent. Cheers, boys. I'll speak to you soon.